0: No, it's (laughs) it's starting. (sighs) This whole space is chit chat. It's just sorceress with chit chat, that's what it is. Hello everyone. Is anybody reporting on experiments or huge questions that are just eating them up?
1: I have a question eating me up when I go to do three, three, three with, with other feelings like anger, I'm getting it. And when it comes to fear, thanks to Anne Chloe's fear club basics, I'm getting it too. And I'm also still in this question with fear about like authentic fear or because it, it's like, I, I can go big, but it seems like I'm pretending and and so I'm, I'm really trying to get hints and tips if I, I want hints and tips about navigating into, and with, authentic fear and authentic, sadness and joy also, in in three three three. Because I have this distinction. I can learn to, raise it to a hundred percent. And I'm like, I believe you. And I'm really not getting it. I don't think.
0: So what happens is we actually mature and that's the point of doing the work is that we're relating to actually archetypal level forces of nature that are inside of us in ways of competence we're gaining competence and so nobody nobody can really prepare us for the the shifts that start happening because we just don't see it. It's either people on stage who are acting, you know, in movies or in theater or something, or it's, it's all numbed out basically. And so to make this, to explore this consciously, the thing is our nervous system is designed for the work of being initiated into anger, sadness, fear, and joy at archetypal levels. Our nervous system is designed for that for a hundred percent big. And that the competence that builds up is that it doesn't it's not the same as it was a few months before because where where we felt like it would take us over where we felt that we were essentially a you know a piece of driftwood in a high ocean storm being thrown about and and we go okay well that's what it feels like well yeah that's what it feels like at first but it's not what it feels like when you gain competence, you start inter-navigating. And, it, and then it, it, the experience changes. And so there's people who try to hang on to the original, you know, being overwhelmed or like subsumed by this these giant emotions and feelings because it's a new discovery. And we go, okay, well, that's how it is. Well, yes, that's how it is for a while. And it doesn't not take so long before then you you lay down and do three 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 and you can you can kind of turn on anger because there's this will there's this will part of it you know will includes anger includes presence and force and like that so we can do that kind of intentionally and then something like fear is then available through mm, almost cellular memory. Like unless there's something you're going through a process on the bed doing your three, three, three with the rage and an emotion from before gets triggered, then there would be some the fear that would come up. But to intentionally go into fear, that it turns out, especially with Anne Chloe's research and the fear club research, that 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 it's the low, low, low levels of fear that have that are so valuable. for 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 us and so and then when when, if you want to do big levels of fear well your body knows how to do it but it's there's actually adult conscious adult fear has joy mixed in with it it is so great to go on a roller coaster and consciously freak out with fear it is so great to I mean,
1: I, I would say it differently that it's not mixed in, but it, it's in parallel. It's happening yes. in parallel because the mix, the, the mixture will, yeah.
0: That's what I I meant. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with sadness, for example, and the same with joy, actually. <laughs> and joy about joy. I mean, mm, I was just doing a a process with Sonia that turned out to be. A centering the being process in the end and it sonia's generosity has made it available so you can witness this thing this the the journey of it but you'll see the joy and the sadness and the fear coming out in the i like get the highest levels with in in the original form like the surprise of it it has a surprise in it and this delight in it. And it's just a great, you know, standard, but great, you know, clear, I mean, standard and clear, it's a clear example of what what that's like. But then, you know, she could not just lay down on the bed and expect that to happen. None of us could, this doesn't work like that. So the, the point for you in terms of Nicole, in terms of your exploration, with experiencing the feelings and emotions is that you're you're in like phase two of the work of that emotional work where it's you already know how to feel you've gotten the competence in feeling okay so that means that you don't have to actually start every message with i feel angry or i feel sad or i feel scared you just use it for making proposals or for making propose you know renegotiating deals or sharing about mm, your experiments or but you're using it instead of it having being the driver it's more like the spices it's not the main dish it's the it's the thing that makes it authentic is that you actually are feeling stuff in the background or with it but it's not the entree it's not the main dish like that it's this it's the side things and, Chloe, do you have some, anything well, I, else about
1: that? I would just add a couple things that the, there's a lot of experiment in terms of the shifting from phase one to phase two of feelings. And that the 333 three, three is really phase one. And so, for some people, it's time to just complete that experiment so that you have time and energy and attention for the next experiment. And, um,
0: which doesn't mean don't ever do it again. Just great mm-hmm. to throw yourself on the bed and go for it just for the hell of it, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever it shows up, like not on a regular scheduled thing. Yeah.
0: You know, I do it if you're going to a work in an office and you just lay down on your desk, shove everything aside, and just go for it. You know, or in the cafeteria at work, just flop down on the floor and just go for it. And it'll spice up everybody's meal.
1: <laughs> um And yeah, and a, a proposal for, for example, people who might be holding space for people to do 333. I know some people are space holders for that. And in terms of fear, that would be the proposal. I think I sort of heard, heard it from Clinton in between the line is that contrary to the rage, it's, it's not so much in the beginning to go up to a hundred percent or to go to maximum fear is it could be this practice that we did in the fear club of you go up to fear until you feel the survival strategy come in of your mind, you tensing your muscle. The sadness comes in. Uh, you completely numb. You paralyzed. It's blank. You know whatever the the reaction to the fear comes up. Okay, you only experience fear up to that. And then you, when you feel that thing coming in, try to stop the fear. You go just one percent under it, and you stay there. And if it's you know you stay at 50, whatever fifteen percent fear for um for three minutes, then that's it. And then there will be the next and the next one. And you just keep stretching it like that. So that would be my really my proposal for people doing the free, free, free fear.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's so important to develop the new competence in the making proposals and using the information and energy from the emotions and the feelings to navigate space and to, as a force of creation and a force of dignity and a force of, Doing what needs to be done, you know, changing what needs to change, making offers, proposals like that. Yeah. So, congratulations. Welcome to phase two.
2: Thank you.
1: <laughs> I feel joy. I feel joy because it, I. Yeah, I get this. Like I'm on track. <laughs> it worked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and beware that you will grieve. Uh, The loss of an identity of, you know, I worked so hard. I worked so hard to learn all this stuff and to be a competent feeler. And look, I can feel. And it's like, yes, and that's phase one. And now there's coming a new phase where you're a beginner again, or, you you know, you're going to the next level. And it's like, oh, I, I lose all my sovereignty, you know, from all this experience that I have. And you don't lose it. It just has a different perspective, just takes on a different purpose. And so, but, but there is grief about being a neo neophyte again, becoming an apprentice again at the next level. And just keep sharing your experiments with everybody and asking the, those questions at the next level.
3: Thank you. I'd like to bring my edge in from the middle of the airport. I'm absolutely shaking with my conscious fear.
1: My Janet, can you can you bring your mic- microphone closer to your mouth so we can hear you better?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yes. perfect. So since the lab, what I'm really seeing and feeling is when I let energies or people take some of my energy. Mm. Before now, I used to click like two or three, what felt like energetic metal boxes. I mean, they weren't because they're energetic. And and, um, yeah, so in your decluttering space, Eva, I could feel that people are in that space like this, sucking from the energy, being an observer and not contributing to the space. So I, It was a dangerous thing for me to say to you, Eva. Have a look who in that space is serving your space or they're actually drawing from the space. And yeah, I need to raise my fear to have this sensitivity. So I've been experimenting with making an extra layer of a bubble with the infinity sign. It's not quite like that, but it's... Yeah, so what I want to know is how to have another layer of my bubble for working at this other level of entities and vampires and things that drain up into it. If anybody knows anything about that, I'd like to Yeah, there's
1: a there's a couple of tools and and, and really one of the main one is the fear is to notice the the, the intention, that kind of intention for people, you know, to be, being vampires to suck in. And the other one is just your rage. To say, I am not available for that. And and actually the bubble is really held by rage. And that's why we start with rage. So center, grounding cord, and bubble, it's all rage. And to to hold it. And mm, for example, Janet, you might want to experiment with uh, making your bubble thicker for a while as as you're holding, mm-hmm. you're practicing holding it with rage. You know, usually the bubble would be kind of like, like almost paper thin. I mean, it's like this, and you can make it, yeah, like this, and just hold it. And
4: so
0: I, I just want to add something about right that. There. Can I just, yeah. yeah, it's simply that, for example, a number of people in right now in this in this circle, that there's our nervous systems are not all the same with every person. And so particularly in this circle right now, there's a number of people who have the thinner skin around your nerves. It's it's like, there's a thicker skin or a thinner skin. And, and so right now, if you have a thinner skin around your nerves, it's just, you're more sensitive to everything. And for ordinary people, they have pretty thick skin around their nerves and a standard size bubble is appropriate for people with thinner skin around their nerves and the higher sensitivity, the thicker bubble is more appropriate and you don't, it it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're uh, numbing yourself with your bubble. It doesn't mean it's actually filtering anything out. Really. It's just simply less destructible. It's like less is, it's it's just more protection in this world of ours that's so harsh, with so many loud noises and interfering energies, and you know people trying to get your attention to sell you shit or take your shit or whatever. It's it's like it's, there's okay. not a and so if you if you can if you just click your if you just start noticing you're a little like sensitive and overwhelmed, thicken up your bubble center grounding cord bubble breathe and just and then you have more clarity about okay that's your space out there is your space you can make all that noise you can do whatever you want it's not my space my space is here and I'm gonna I'm doing what I'm doing but but take care of yourself that way especially if you have a sensitive thin skin around your nerves
5: we can't hear you you have no sound. I know.
3: It, yeah. it yeah. links with what I said last week about being able to see where the, the split happened and the vacuum being filled with other energies and being, other energies. Yeah, so it's really seeing that and then the space holding I've been holding this last week, asking the questions of, hey, when did that happen? And people know. And what yeah. happened just before mm. that split. So it's what it's just so transformative. One session and, you know, it would have taken a year when I first got into this field. The, yeah.
1: I, Thank you. I have a couple more things, Janet, especially as a space holder. You might notice that people have holes in their bubble, that they can actually declare a bubble, but they, they might have holes in it. And so one of the processes to also actually use the rage, often like standing rage, it could be either held or not held. And it's, and, and it, and it's about filling, you know, basically filling in these bubble with the, um, these holes, sorry, with the, with the rage. Just keep filling them in and filling them in. And, and it's basically, you know, you know, keep out, get out, really making these boundaries. To check that out when when you really uh, start training people and making their bubble. And and another tool um, that's very also very simple and it takes a little bit of attention in the beginning, um, but then it becomes just part of who you are. It's about spinning your energetic body. And and so you can try it right now, Janet. It's better when you yeah you have your hands kind of. Free.
0: Actually, everybody could try it.
1: Yeah. And it's a sensation that your energetic body kind of move, just make it move like this. And it can go from either side like this. You might feel a little dizzy if you're trying it. And you can do it with your, physic, you know, with your physical hand helping you, you know, in terms of um, a speed or just um, do it energetically if you can already do that.
0: Go so ahead. your energetic body is a lot shaped like your physical body. Sort of an extra coating on there and it's often a whitish color and it the the point is that if it's still if it's not if you're not rotating it then it's you're more of a a target or more of a more vulnerable in a to the kind of unconscious forces Whereas if you intentionally just kind of keep it rotating, you just keep this thing just rotating. It's pretty close in and you just keep it rotating. Then when something comes at you, it just gets drawn. It just goes with the rotation of your energetic body and then goes by. So it can't really stick on you. And that's the point is to just let it go by. There's so much that you can let go by that you do not have to stop with a boundary or a wall or a protection where you can stay present your sword of, is out and the sword is ro- you know you it's, think it's like rotating your energetic body and it just goes by in less than a second it just goes just like it's it's past there's nothing you have to do about it and it can't it can't grab on it can't cannot stick on and just keep you know doing going about your day you don't have to uh, attack or revenge or explain or, you know, make all these boundaries. You just let it go by. It's kind of, I don't know, it's like walking through the forest and after a storm and there's there's all these new things that have fallen down or are falling down and you just walk through them, just kind of walk through it. And it's You know, unless you're getting a job on your bench to specifically handle a certain thing unless it's a job on your bench, it, it, it's not necessary to put your time, energy, and attention to try to fix every single unconscious creature that goes by. Jeff, I go ahead.
2: Yeah.
6: Oh,
3: I'd like wait, to, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh,
0: Let Janet say something.
3: <clears throat> so I don't do a lot of sleeping. And then where I do go to, I call the tomb, tomb of utter reverence. Tua, tour, on tour, tomb of utter reverence. The place that was opened up when we went to Gaia at Mallorca. And that's what I think they are trying to show me how to do with this lemnoscape thing to make sure my energetic body is moving. So thank you. It's not always they trying to show me something in a way that how do you translate into this physical body, but yeah. Oh, thank you. Now I'm done. Thanks. yeah
0: it's almost like a cylinder you know it, it makes sense the way it moves yeah just goes around all right thank you cool jeff yeah so i want to share that i having
7: this experience of i spin my energetic body i let it go by and then this creates the next trigger like why aren't you feeling
6: something about this
7: and it's like, yeah, it's the next layer, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to take the next step from there. Yeah, I'm I mean, not saying that there's like a, a predictable next step, but,
0: but well, there is kind the body,
7: of. but keep triggering you know, it. Like, yeah, okay, that didn't work somehow.
0: I mean, last last year, and Chloe and I were in Majorca, and we were staying in a house that was owned by a woman and after a couple of days she was completely freaking out about us because exactly of that because all these things that would normally invoke reactivity or rescuing or over concern from a dramatic nature just was going by us and she, she finally said i she, she says I, she's screaming at us like i cannot stand this like you are not human He's saying, what, you you know, what are you, you know, what are you? You're not human. And, and Chloe and I are just looking at each other and go, well, this is the experience of adult humans. What are you? You know, but you can't even ask that question. You cannot ask the question back because there's so much reactivity and everything. And, but the, if you're in a compassionate, you know, if compassion is needed, you can hold up the listening space and you can say, what is your real question? what is really going on? And then it comes it kind of, there's no attack. It's, it's a, it's a vacuum question. It's a, it's a safe space for them to say what's really going on. And then she was able to do that, which is, uh, you know, I'm, I don't understand. I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I react to everything, you know, I'm, and I, you know, every single move you guys make, freaks me out because I think you're judging me and criticizing me and blaming me. And, and, and it's, you know, none of that was going on, but that's what her world is like. So then the conversation of what was her inner world could come out. You just have to charge 150 euros for stuff like that. Otherwise you're going to be a magnet for all these people coming around yeah. and you have maybe other things that you need to do. Okay. So it's, it's a big deal. It's really a big deal in the world out there that's uninitiated, and, and there's no experience of adult adult presence. Like the presence and the relating between adult human beings is so foreign to most people out there. And Chloe, were you gonna say something? Okay. I'm glad you were sitting there on the bench with me, because with this woman, because you know, it, it's so appropriate for in modern culture for women to be angry at men and it's just so appropriate and yet and so when a woman gets angry at me I'm I essentially am not really permitted to defend myself or to to say anything there's it's so appropriate just because I represent the masculine shape whatever I just represent that and so it's There's no, no defense is really appropriate. And so then on the other hand, it doesn't apply, you know, it applies yes to 99.9% of men around and it's not applying to me in the moment. It's a projection. So just because I'm male, then I'm a target. I'm a, I'm a projection field, just like, and it's, and it's so appropriate. I wish, I wish the women would do that with all the men, you know, just, just wake up in the morning, spend the whole day raging at men, go by and go, yeah, it was a great day. Next morning, do the same thing, you know, trying to wake these guys up. And uh, by the way, um, there's a movie out called The Banshees of Something. It's, it's, it's about the Irish, Ireland, the war in Ireland, something like 1923
3: era. Jeez, I, I don't sharing. recommend
0: it. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I just don't recommend it. I just, it's getting all kinds of attention and awards, and it's just about stupid men. I mean, there's one woman in there who leaves, who leaves the island, and but she's not such a central character. It's not the central part of the story. The central part of the story is men are stupid. Okay, we already know that, and so it it doesn't really leave scars, but it's just uh, there are. A hundred and fifty other movies to watch before you'd ever get to find any value out of that film, I would propose so but I know that there's a fan of that movie sitting here, and there's no insult intended or whatever. everybody has their own boxes and stuff like that, so anyway, uh, now I'm in deep shit what
1: and i would I would add that then it's part of. womanhood or sisterhood to distinguish in 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 each other and like in sisters of okay is this raging appropriate in in a way of is um, you know either for either for the the woman to to finally find her rage and her in And behind that, her grief, but this rage of God I've lived in the patriarchy, I've submitted myself in the patriarchy, I've submitted myself to the idiocy of uninitiated men, and it's and it's you know and it's over and i and and the rage needs to come out and, and needs to come out a lot. It's not like one thing in a process, it needs to come out in the moment, in the face of the stupidity of men, and to distinguish between that and projecting the father. Basically, it's mostly projecting the father onto, uh, men that are around, you know, men that are around the work, for example, and, um, or or whatever. And, and so that the woman can grow up, like not so much because to protect the men. Like the idea of like that sister is not so much to protect the men, but so the woman can grow up and get more mature in her rage and basically use her rage for something else than projection. And it's and then it's about, okay, making proposal, building game modes, holding space for other women, holding space for her specialty, uh holding space for the emergence of next culture. Whatever that that rage is really for, it is actually not for projecting onto one man in one situation. And so
0: And this is a doorway for a wonderful experiment this week is if, if your woman is to, is to three times this week, rage at some man appropriately, because there's, because the flip side of that is this demure, timid, seductive, nice girl who can survive You know you can survive that way, yet it's it doesn't really help in terms of the evolution of consciousness. You can survive the man does this stupid thing and you you leave it alone. But there are so many times when it's appropriate to make you know to rage for a while and just um, make sure it's safe for you. You know that you're not going to get this violent reaction from the man, or it's if you have you know, a group of women and you're with a group of women and then you, you are able to rage and they are not. It's sometimes even appropriate to rage for someone. Like if you're in a group of women and some woman should be raging right now and she is not, you can do it for her as, as a, as a pattern and you can set up a pattern that she can then follow in new territory for her. And so you rage for a while, even though it's not your rage you know, your your personal rage and you open the door for her to get access to more of this asshole, conscious asshole part. The, the, uh, flaming sort of clarity from the feminine, you know, is so valuable. And so to miss enough, op- so that the experiment is do it three times this week and just do it consciously. It's an, it will feel weird at first because I mean, one example is for me. I was at a party in at an ashram, and we there's a hundred eighty people, something like that, standing in line for lunch. And my daughters are there, my older daughter, and she was fifteen, fourteen, something like that. And some idiot asshole guy was standing behind this lovely, radiant, feminine being and his hands, he just starts to tickle her. And she she's, you know, like moves and and I, and you know, that kind of says, stop it, but not really. Well, he keeps going and that's when I see it. That's when I see it. And I turn around and I shout at the top of my lungs, you know, stop it, like this in the middle of an ashram. In the middle of, and he, and he does not stop he doesn't stop and so my next move is to is to go for him you know and i really i I'm, I'm and i just stop it again and i'm ready to take his head off and then he stops and it's like everybody in this space every you know a eight, all 80 people are going what the hell is going on here except they don't say it like that because it's an ashram but they it, it, it destroys the entire space except for the space of my daughter and she experiences in that moment, a champion, that she's being championed, that there's somebody holding space for her. And it, it was, this is the kind of rage I'm talking about. So it, would, it was necessary, appropriate, it, it um, causes an effect, and it's also a model or a demonstration, whatever, for the other people of what's appropriate when there's stupid men around like that.
1: Uh, I want to say that this has happened to me maybe a couple times in, yeah, thank you. In, in couples coaching, when it is obvious that the situation is the men, the stupid man thinks he can own the woman or tell her what to do or who to be or how she can be. So he's comfortable or whatever the thing is. And I, and the woman just cannot be angry. It is out of the realm of her possibility that, that the appropriate response to that, you know, the, the response she has is, God, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. You know, may, maybe I should be more subdued. Like, oh, maybe he's right about, about, you know, this part of my hysteria or, and, and it's like this doubt, you know, I mean, how many, how many women here know about this doubt? Men start saying, Yeah this doubts just starts creeping in about and, and the appropriate response is just this complete actual clarity about, I am not your fucking property. You do not get to own me or decide for me who I am, how I behave, you know, what is, you know, what is true for me. You don't get to decide any of it. And because it's out of the room.
0: And wait, and the the wrap up for that is, and go fuck yourself. It isn't just an informational advertisement that they are not allowed to. It is, you know, go die in hell. You know, it is, it's to it's wrap it up completely without leaving it as a suggestion for your moral development. You know, it is, a, it is a, whatever, it's a shockwave to send it away, not to have a conversation. This is not an opening to a conversation.
1: And, and so I've, in some of those situations, I've, you know, and I'm, I'm the space holder. Clinton is sitting across from me. There's a man and a woman and, and I have to grab the towel and rage and rage for the woman. And, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I remember one situation where the, the, the woman came to me justifying herself about, about why she could not feel angry. And that's to the degree of, Of impossibility to reclaim any kind of dignity as, as a feminine being. That's the, the, whatever, the pressure of the patriarchy or the, how it is in the cells. So, but, but it was worth it. It was an entire training. There was, you know, 20 other women in the space and it was, it was, it was completely worth it to do it.
5: I am exploring being a conscious asshole. And, and since the centering the being process, it has intensified. It's it's quicker and sharper. And what I'm doing is there's a, a, a sensation in my physical body, and I don't give any time for the thoughts to kick in. And I just say, no, yes, I don't want this, or... And I, what I notice is that if I allow that time to happen, the f- emotional fear kicks in and I just don't go for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not allowing yeah, this doubt to creep in. And I just trust my body no matter what. There's a sensation. I don't care. I go for it and it's completely different because it comes from low levels of anger and and there's no yeah there's no emotional fear kicking in and every time i do it something cracks and it's i feel a lot of joy to create cracks in the space i am with whomever it is and And I really recommend
2: it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's the guy who sings this song about there's a crack in everything? What's his name?
8: Leonard Cohen.
0: Yeah, Leonard Cohen. Thank you. I'm trying to think of his name. So he's wrong about that. (laughs) There's not a crack in everything. But there needs to be that's how the love gets in. That's how the light gets in. If there's no crack, the light doesn't come in. The love doesn't come in. And so making cracks is necessary for aliveness to occur in relating and just for aliveness to be there needs cracks. And the crack, making cracks is a, God, it's an archetypal profession. It's a specialty. It's a surgical a surgical attack, whatever. And the t- attacks can come, I mean, cracks can be made in so many different ways. There's this certain kind of humor that can make cracks. There's a level of communicated disbelief. Like like the thing you're telling me is so far in a fantasy world that that I I can only say, slow down. I'm going to write it down and put it in my science fiction book. It is so bizarre what you're saying right now. You know, and you, and this can make a crack. No, 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 I'm being serious. So am I. You know, so you can, there's so many ways to put cracks in and the cracks are so necessary for this exchange and flow of life to happen. And so otherwise people end up like zombies. It's a, it's a tool for a zombie slayer. For those interested in that profession, I've been working on a website called Demon Slayer And it has some hints about that in there and, and the, but the, the necessity of creating cracks is a way to, is to make an escape for for somebody to wake up or escape from being completely hypnotized or uh, subdued by the um, survival strategy of being a zombie or being asleep. And because it is hermetically sealed, that of course the world is this way, of course I'm this way, of course this has to happen like this, there's no way out because there's no cracks. So somebody who's going to offer possibility needs to make cracks as part of the job of offering a new possibility. Otherwise the client cannot even conceive or see that possibility that you're offering. So you can create all the possibilities that you want, but if you cannot sell the possibility, then it's useless. And the only way to sell the possibility is somebody can see it or sense it. And to see it or sense it from their hermetically sealed survival strategy, cracks are needed. So thank you for being a crackologist or a, a, a crackerly. I don't I don't know what the profession, the name of it is, but I'm sure it's really needed.
3: Cracker Jack.
0: Cracker jack.
3: <laughs> And Christmas Cracker. I like jack of young. all
0: trades, I'm a Cracker Jack. <laughs> Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Love it. I'm writing that down. Nutcracker. <laughs> <A> Nutcracker. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nut the Chris, Christmas Cracker bringing all things new. You know, yeah. New meaning on Christmas for me. I'm a Christmas Cracker. <laughs>
0: I mean, an experiment to do along those lines is to get yourself some macadamia nuts that are still in their shell. And these things are perfectly round and the shell, I should say, at least a half a centimeter thick. And so, and you know that there's an amazingly juicy macadamia nut in there, but how do you crack the shell? And so it's great to get them and get two stones or a hammer on some cement and by hand experience cracking what it takes to crack a macadamia nut. And the first few times you do it, you know, you're know you gonna have to hit it so hard you end up with this macadamia nut butter afterwards. It just, you know, just completely smashes the nut. And the point of the experiment of cracking the macadamia nut is to try to find this appropriate level of crack that it will crack the shell so the inside is unharmed, but the shell is off. This also works with apricot kernels. If you're if you're eating three apricot kernels a day, you have to hit those apricot kernel shells just right. They're very hard, but and if you hit them too hard, you just mashes them up. So there's this appropriate cracker jack um, nutcracker force that can be learned, and that's that's needed.
9: This resonates very much with my experiment last week. So since one week, I hold space for a um, dive deep into box workshop with people which are mostly not from PM. Two are from PM, but very at the very beginning. So there's not so much metrics about the um, the words we use and not so much experience. In yeah, how we work here. And um, I went with the, the thing you said last week um, with the edge work. So if you're not on the edge, then you're a teacher. And I'm used to be a teacher in my profession. So I'm 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 I always was experimenting a lot, but I, I, I love to know, and my, my my whole box loves to know and to have the answers and there's a lot of fear if i don't have the answers and so maybe i I was i was (laughs) maybe trapped a little bit myself by thinking if i work with people which are not in pm and they don't know better i can't make mistakes but (laughs) what actually happens is that there is not so much metrics and all the questions are coming towards me like oh and i really have to yeah to to deal with that and uh, there was one, and I actually, um, I, I love to be on that edge and, and the the people in the chat, they have a lot of questions and it gives me a lot of clarity by giving distinctions and I have to read before I answer and, and thinking myself to, to get my clarity. So I'm really in that expanding uh, moment. But in the last uh, session there was, uh, and now I come to the point with a crack, There was um, one person becoming very upset about the um, about um, an experiments uh, experiment I made, where I said like, okay, guess what could that be? That um, survival is it? Trauma is it? um, Whatever strategy, and um, she was so upset about uh, being. judged by others and there was a lot of fear i could see and i wanted to to open this door for her instead of complaining about the experiment to 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 feel what what is the fear behind that and 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 where could that lead but I was um, there. My my um, survival strategy went in of being good friends with everybody and having everybody happy in my space and not making too much. So um, I was really scared to to make that crack because she's also in another space with me since more than one year and she calls me often. We are kind of have a friendship not in person, but in the, in the, in the, um, in the virtual space and in conversations. And so I really have that fear to.
0: Yeah. So Dorte, thank you. Yeah. An, an experiment you can try is to frame up what you're about to say before you say it.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: you can say, look, we've been friends for a year. I'm on your side and I'm going to say something now that might seem shocking. But you have, but I but I'm I'm actually sending you a lifeline I'm sending you one of these uh mm. orange rings a life ring so are you ready and mm. then you know and then she's prepared so then she says yeah I'm ready and then you can say it and then you you framed it up in a way that she knows you're doing it consciously not reactively and you're doing it for her not against her You can just practice framing up. It's called repackaging. And it's about just frame it up so a way that it's it's workable. And there's so many many ways that one little sentence in in that space to frame the thing up makes something that was so impossible, it makes it possible. It's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So Mm -hmm. make it like that.
9: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's Keep experimenting.
0: Cool. Thank you. I'm glad you're doing that. Thank you.
9: Thank you.
0: <laughs> Was there somebody else going to say something right now?
2: And Chloe, yeah, had I a want to say something. Sorry, so go, Nicole.
1: I wanted to make a crack for the logistics and Chloe had. Thank you. So then I can just let it go. And just in terms of the study group, next week, Clinton and I and a bunch of people here from New Zealand are in a lab. So we will not <laughs> be holding space for the study group. And then, um, and then the week after we're, we're moving back, Clinton and I are moving back to Vietnam. So we need to change the time because this would be the middle of the night for us. So we're doing an experiment of doing altern- alternate week, different time, which will take a little bit of uh, time juggling, but so that people in New Zealand sometimes can join, and then people in America uh can join, and uh, it's not middle of the night all the time so i'll send I'll send those those times uh just next week, yeah, not there and then and then the, the day will be around uh whatever um s- s- friday Saturday I'm guess you know Saturday basically we'll be meeting on Saturdays, and it might be Fridays for uh, some people in America.
0: And that will only last for about a month. Yeah. And then we're we're moving to Costa Rica. Yeah. (laughs) So don't worry about that part. Yeah, it's
1: five weeks, five weeks, and then then Costa Rica, (laughs) and then Brazil, and then Europe, and we'll try to make it work. Cool. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Ireland.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Dora, you're on.
2: Yeah, I felt that there is almost an assumption in the space or maybe just my my assumption that men knows how to do that stuff that you're talking about like men knows mm-hmm. how to take a stand against other men or men knows how to speak from the rage and even though it's against the grain of the space men don't know how to do that like i what i see men do is being adaptive or using unconscious anger with an unconscious purpose so like for me, I'm doing rage clubs a lot and, and still, for example, there was a, a group here, a village group, and men started to compete with each other. There started to be all this game world competing and domination in the game world. And, and for me, kind of to do something about it, to speak up, it was really far, far from my box. So it's, men are not trained in that. Also, what and Chloe spoke about next week with, with the dogs i w- I wanted to say like men also don't like sometimes don't know how to protect themselves even so it's like it's it's also a journey for men to learn all that stuff and yeah. and be the champions of themselves and for me next step is as an experiment that i like to propose here is that men this week do three times like take a stand against other men or, or do the exact experiment for that. You talked about with women, but men do it for other men, rage against something that doesn't work with you for other men. Cause we don't know how to do it. Like I, I don't know how to do mm-hmm. it. And, and I just want to add the distinction to that, that as a, as for me, I have a type one gremlin. So it's like easy for me to be an asshole, but to do it as a conscious asshole without using my unconscious anger, it's also i need to learn how to do it because i can do this stuff from my gremlin but I, but from doing it from my conscious anger it's different you take a stand for something like that so that's also a a practice thank you
0: oh thank you
4: thank you Dora. Yeah. thank you Dora, for for saying that i clinton a while ago when you said about the, the man and, and touching on the women in front of you i felt some sadness because I just came from uh, picking up the children from um, a kung fu um, a martial art class, and and the and the the, the, ma- the master of the teacher was was touching a girl, in a way that my fear and my anger said it's a no go, and in me it was about I'll moralize him in the end. I'll tell him he it, it shouldn't do. I'm sensitive. I, I was practicing this thing about I'm sensitive to energies. I have a daughter. And for me, this is not okay. And then, what at the end, the mom came, and then I realized that they were partners. And then I kind of my fear kicked in, and and I didn't say anything, even the moralizing part. And I, I started to, uh, okay, I want to be fast. Uh, kids, let's go to the car, and and this is right on the spot of, uh, of that. I I don't know how to say, especially to a father about. You can't. You can't do that. I mean, it, it's you. You're, you're abusing your daughter. That that can happen. And I could feel her. Um, her energetic body was every time it was touching, even with putting the the, the hands in place, or whatever. It was just too much, and she was like uh, nine or so. So it's in me about also for this week to talk to him. Uh, she, she's in the same class as the kids. I'm going to tell him that this is not okay. And how to do it not from a moralizing, um, nice, that it doesn't land energetically. That was my fear that I'll see it and it will not land energetically.
0: So, the hint, Gilles, in that particular case, may be to take him aside and don't do it in public, because in public he will have to defend himself. And when you take him aside, don't make it a one way conversation. Go look, I noticed that you did this and I noticed that you did not notice her reaction to you. And I'm wondering what that's about about you, that you're you're doing this kind of work and you're so insensitive to the actual um, rage that she's feeling about you're invading her space. And then you make a listening space and you listen to him justify and explain and, and then you go back gently and you go. I hear what you're saying in terms of justifying and explaining. I'm going to start again. I don't understand why you don't feel the pain and the fear that you're causing by invading this young woman's space, you know, and stick with it, like mm-hmm. drag it out, but do it in private. So in a way it's a kind of a process, but don't back off when he starts justifying and just yeah. stay right there and just and make it longer and bigger. And and.
4: The, the, my fear told me about this going to the side, and what's now coming in is about does it make sense for me to share my own experience and in my family, especially with my child, of how I noticed the abuse, so so you can also relate with. So it's not a, just a one way. Um, yeah, um, it's just about you. No, I, I'm talking about I'm sensitive. I went
0: through it. So and to no. know, let us know how it goes. All right, can you just okay. let us know next week. Mr. iPhone, I see you You would like to say something. Yes. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, so what's I'm your Kwan. name? Kwan. Kwan. Yes. So
6: uh, I would like to um a couple of notes. I would like to add. Um. Uh. it's, it's, it's a it's a risky decision into interfering with a, a, a domestic situation. Actually, the police, uh, the authorities, their most dangerous calls are domestic violence calls because there's so much emotion in the situation to where, you know, they have received calls where uh, um, women were getting abused and they go to lack of demand and the woman will start attacking the police, defending the boyfriend, you know, because yes. it, it gets so, you know, crazy and emotional. And uh, yes. at that time during rage, you know, you definitely want to be careful to interfere because while you're coming in a little bit, you know, kind uh, cool and collective, this other individual is at a heightened energy and a negative mind frame. So you, you know, if you do that, you have to be prepared for the worst, you know, th- th- you know, because that person is liable to, to attack you or you don't know what the situation where he could be a jealous person. So he could probably think that you're trying to talk to his woman or or who knows, you know, and um and then too i want to say uh thank you sir and so i too i want to say that um you know uh one of my one of my last relationships long-term relationship um uh she was just getting out of a seven-year uh marriage and it was an abusive marriage and i'm a you know pretty calm cool guy and so i felt like oh i could come in and make her smile and, and it'll be easy, you know? And what I learned was, is that hurt people hurt people. And a lot of that rage that she had from that seven year relationship uh, uh, was taken out on me, you know? Um, yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. It was, it was, it was
6: taken out on me and, uh, and, and it started to, to affect me. It started to change me and um, make me more uh, 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 aggressive and more defensive. You know, and so I had to hurry up and get out of it. I had to seek therapy myself. You know, because a lot of the situations I was like, "Well, it's because it, it'll make you think that you're wrong." You know, yes. So I want to say right, and I want to say that um, some of my buddies they started uh, a non-profit organization, Way to the World Foundation, whatever. And one of their statistics or research uh, uh, shows and studies that uh, a lot of men go through domestic violence, yet they do not report it because they feel it will take away their manhood or whatever. They they're ashamed of their talk to their friends about it, you know, like, oh, a girl's beating you up or, you know, but yeah, a lot of women too um, you know, demonstrate domestic violence towards, you know, their male counterpart.
0: Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. Juan, thank you for sharing all that. It sounds like it's based on a lot of personal experience and research. So thank you for doing that. I mean one of the main reasons that we study these things, that that we're learning about the difference between feelings and emotions, and to inner navigating mad, sad, glad, and scared, even at the most intense levels, and is that we can hold and navigate spaces like that without without there being negative consequences. If there's actually can a positive outcome when we can hold and navigate and stay in contact with people who are feeling high intensity feelings and emotions and use those the emotions for healing processes and use the feelings as the energy and intelligence for designing a new future. So that's really, you nailed it on the head, the purpose of why we're having these kind of conversations. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Lee Muir, you had your hand up. Go ahead.
10: I did have my hand up. I just, I wanted to add something and it might be left field and going backwards, but it's kind of a picture I've got from different words that I've, that I've heard. And, and it feels like, I just want to share this kind of other picture I've got of that really strong word doubt that Anne Chloe talked about before, how, you know, it's possible for someone in a position of power just to put doubt and, and the crack, the crack of doubt in the, in ourselves is is like that big gap where that energy can just we we accept that doubt and we we doubt ourselves, and I guess I was thinking of that the, that beautiful Japanese art of you know when there's a crack in a in a piece of um in a piece of something they put gold in there and and the crack it was a crack becomes something that's beautiful, and and also that tension between the fear and the doubt that comes in, and then that that the the conscious anger. That we can use to um, to use our rage to speak and to say and to push back and say no more, stay away, go out. And for me, that image is just like that 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 rage, that conscious rage, that we can use to uh, to speak and to say and to and to um, yeah to to keep to 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 say that's enough is like the gold filling in the crack. Of, of of ourselves and that's something i really feel as a as a strength of we have the doubt we have the fear and we use the rage to push back yeah and it feels beautiful Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> i would encourage uh, an experiment here for the next three months for those of you who want to try this which is to for no reason don't doubt yourself. Like without explanation, without justification, without certainty, for no reason. Radically rely on what's coming through you. And and in the face of, you know, the, the place to not do that is when you're driving a car, you know, and. And to not have doubts whether the streetlight is red or green. Like, do not have doubts about that. You get it? So that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about doubting reality. We're talking about this gaslighting thing that psychopathic tenant personality tendencies like tend to use as a weapon to, to conquer ordinary people. Whatever, who are who are civilized or who are polite or who are considerate. And so the experiment is for three months, for the next three months, refuse to doubt yourself. Just let it just just don't go down that road. And and persist. You just persist. And there's things like you go into a restaurant and you say, you know, I don't want bacon on my hamburger. And they go, well, it, it always comes out with blah, blah 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 blah. You go, here's the deal. You promise to not put bacon on my hamburger. I stand up and walk out now. End of conversation. What's your what is your offer? And if they can't if they can't do it, stand up and walk out. You know, or whatever the thing is. Like several a number of times, I mean, many times. You know, I will want Mexican food, and my partner will want. Italian food or you know and so here we are and there's two restaurants across the street here's the Mexican and then usually it's like well I we have to go into one or the other and so I walk in the Italian restaurant and say hey see this woman here she wants Italian food they go you're at the right place and I go and I want Mexican food so here's the deal can I I'm going to walk across the street order the Mexican food bring it over here and and eat it in the Italian restaurant. Does that work for you? And they've they've never said no. It's never been a no. And the one time I did it, it was in Bali. And the the guy, the 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 waiter at the Mexican restaurant comes into, he brought it over. He he comes into the Italian restaurant as if it is his restaurant and puts it on the table and gives me silverware and like everything's everything okay, sir. You know, we have two waiters from two different restaurants (laughs) in the and it's like so okay, these are simple examples, but it's it is the experiment is to is to radically rely on what your sense of reality is or what's wanted and needed. It is to absolutely just don't doubt that for the next three months and let it. And, and do those experiments, like do the experiment of not doubting yourself, except in those cases where <laughs> there's physical reality involved
1: i mean and I would add especially in the moment where actually nobody is saying anything. I think those are the moment yeah. where actually for me it's like I discovered that's the moment I doubt myself the most is when nobody is saying anything and and so and to just be okay that's what was needed, you know whatever whatever yeah. I feel, whatever the what
0: do you mean after you say something, nobody's saying anything? Yes. Or before you There's say-
1: no reaction. There's no, nobody's trying to actually gaslight me. Nobody's trying to, you know, attack me. Nobody, the, there is no force, but the force is inside. It's like, it's mm-hmm. just been kind of integrated as um, you know, really. And, and I think it is like that, like as a, as a woman, what you feel, what you think, what you think is, not you know what do you think is wrong, what you experience as enraging, what is like this is not life. All of that has been has been crushed down for six thousand years under the pretense of you're being a witch, you know, and, and we will burn you. And so I, it's been really integrated to that deep level in the cells. And so that I would just pay attention to even when nobody is saying anything. And,
0: yeah, the level the. We were talking about this yesterday. The level of, of of not doubting yourself can be to the degree that you walk, you walk down the street of your village and in every single shop where they are doing something that it has negative consequences, like they're selling plastic shit or they're not recycling stuff or I don't know, on and on and on. You walk into the shop and say, you must close your store. You must end this business and leave the town. We do not have businesses like this in our town. You're causing harm. In these ways, you must close your business. And then you walk out and you go to the next one. You and walk out and you go to the next one. And, you know, one person does that in a day, they'll think you're crazy. Two people do it in a day and they'll, they'll start having some of their own doubts. You know, 15 people do that in a day. They will go i'm getting the message i can't do this anymore and so that's the that's the level of that's the degree to which this in this experiment the invitation is for this experiment is to not doubt yourself even if what your what the impulse is seems extraordinarily radical like that is you know do not remember the three rules right don't hurt yourself don't hurt anybody else and don't get put in jail, okay? So, but but do those experiments we radically rely on what has been informing you for years? It has been informing you, and you have not represented the, that you've been afraid, you've been doubtful about representing this impulse that are coming through you, and you just numb yourself. That's what we do: is we just numb ourselves and fuzz over and go, yeah, everybody's doing this, it's, I have no power, it's, it's not my problem, et cetera, et cetera. Well, those are all false. You do have power, it is your problem, and it's necessary. And you're getting the impulses to do it. So that this ex- experiment is radically rely on your resources, on those sources, radically rely on those sources, and move. Just take action, and just have a great day. <laughs>
5: I I want to add that uh, I have been following my fear irrevocably and experimenting with it. And this week, I noticed I was going for a walk and I saw a dog barking inside a house and there was a fence and I felt fear. And I actually thought it my fear was preventing me was was telling me something about that dog but it was not it was from another dog that i was not seeing that came running and so what i discover i'm discovering is that the more i don't doubt my fear and i just do whatever it is even if i don't have proofs it becomes more and more refined mm. and the other thing is um I have this strategy of I need to have a reason to follow an impulse or for, to do something. And so, for those that have this same strategy, just don't give it time for the reason. Just go straight to it and start small. Start really small. Like there's a fear that the cat will not, that the cat is outside get up and go and call out the cat even if the cat is not there and keep on doing that and another thing that happened to me was i in this that same walk i looked at this field of chamomile and i was just looking at it it was so beautiful and i just felt like i really wanted to lay down and just rub myself on the floor and i at a certain point point i noticed that I was judging myself from that impulse and I was looking for a reason to do this. And then I said, I don't need a reason. I'm just going to lay down and I'm going to rub myself on the floor. And so I did it. And what I, what I discovered is that the flowers actually cleaned up energetically something in me that I was really needing. And I wasn't aware of this. So just go for it just go for it
0: <laughs> thank you and here's the thing about reasons if you ever need one you can make them up instantly so they they're not for you the reasons are not for you it's for the neighbor the police the, somebody who's are you okay you know you sh- this is against the law you know this is private property whatever whatever the force is on the outside if you ever need a reason you you just make them up as you go along. So, but for yourself, you don't need a reason, just can move. And then, then whenever you, you, I mean, it's, it's so incredible to somebody says, you know, why did you do this or what? And the practices, you, you know, you give them a reason. And then somebody says the exact same question, why did you do this? And you give them a completely different reason, a completely entirely different reason. And you can just go on and do this 10 times in a row creating different reasons for the same action and be completely earnest with each one because they're fabrications reasons are these are stories and so get get used to creating being the source of reasons when necessary just don't use them on yourself you get to be free of reasons you don't you don't doing things for reasons because then the reason has the power you're doing things cuz you're doing them for no reason and then if you need a reason, you can invent them for whoever needs the reason. Oh, you need a reason? No problem. I've got five of them for you. You can choose which one you like. And just practice making up a, an abundance of reasons for other people.
1: There's a website, Go Un- go Unreasonable. I put it in the chat. I I think it's pre- there's, there's some stuff. It's not completely full, but I think there's some stuff and also experiments in it. And Great. Sonia... Did you read the book uh, "Original Wisdom"?
5: It's the next
1: one. Okay, it's good. Next one. (laughs) (laughs) You'll 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 be right in there. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you.
11: I I want to share some of my recent research into doubt because this is a it's been a I mean a massive part of my my whole thing, and what I found is, doubt comes when I start mixing in other stories into my reality. And, and so it's really useful to uh, actually take on to ask myself, who am I to know and And it's not just that I mix a story in, but it's somehow I know I know that this is wrong or like I was trying to set up a an intro to rage club and this person's not responding and i and I and I just somehow know that she does not want to work with me and and so I just have to step back and ask myself who 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 am I to know Who am I to actually know these things? And and so that's one thing. And then my other finding is that doubt is almost a uh, mixed emotion sometimes. And yeah. and so to to really take care to peel off the layers because they pile on. And what I find is I usually start with some kind of uh, joy about what it is I'm doing, and then I put on this layer of the fear about about whatever having the joy or or, or just start doubting myself, and then I put on this layer of sadness about having the doubt. And so, if you're able to, when you feel the doubt, just go. That's great. But if you find yourself in that whole washing machine, what I do is, is is peel off each separate layer, and then and then really ask, okay, is it joy or is it? It's usually joy or anger about something that's that's at the core, and then and then use that in a conscious way to go forward. Thank you for
0: your research and your like the clarity that you're using to analyze, you know, to carry the discoveries that you're making and communicate them. Thank you. Have you, have you given, have you given a work talk on that yet? I mean, so that way it's really a fabulous doorway to share your discoveries about doubt. And, um, and, and you could call it doubting doubt, you know, something like that. and, like the empowerment of true moves you know something like this and then keep unfolding it for a while and that will be you 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 develop competence you develop this kind of you know familiarity with the domain in such a way that it puts out legendary waves and people will hear about this and come back and you're that guy who doubts doubt right you go yes and then they go well i have this question blah 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 and then Et cetera it really these are invitations to, to take a move and to actually make your discoveries public. I mean imagine these you know the guy who invented weaving cotton into thread and then weaving threads into a shirt like imagine if they didn't share their they did not share their discovery, we, we wouldn't have cotton shirts. So okay, I, every day I am benefiting from some guy who was totally obsessed with twisting little fibers from plants and trying to figure out something to do with them. I mean, imagine if, was, imagine if he was
1: imagine if he was doubting his discovery.
0: Yeah. I mean, so um you could <laughs> change your name to Doubtway or something like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> You know, and then and then but so it's about sharing the discoveries even though they seem trivial or insignificant at the moment, you know, like I get it. I understand, okay, well, it's really a uh, revolution for, for almost everybody. And to, and to take a stand for the fact that in that moment on planet Earth, you're the representative of the evolution of consciousness about doubt. And, and, and just take a stand for giving it away in, a, in publicly and just record it, put it online. And then in a way, you've put a stake in the ground at this place. So all of humanity has that now. It changes the morphogenetic field. Then you can go on to the next thing. You're building a stairway to heaven or somewhere. The donut shop. I don't know where the stairway goes. But you just keep building the stairways and people, this whole new, you're inventing next culture. You're putting in infrastructure for archiarchy when you do that. So that's the kind of, I'm encouraging everybody here to do that kind of um, undoubtful, doubtless, doubt-free uh movements and and give them away share them with other people i thank you
1: yeah solange i want to say something about this uh before you you would share something yeah thank you and and what you're talking about that way it seems to me it's it is really about reclaiming your agency and, and I think fear and this emotional fear and the doubt has really something to do. It is completely connected to avoiding this true agency of, like in your case, you were saying of your joy or your anger, the information, the move, what, what is important? What's like, who is your being in that moment? And, and it's really this layer of protection of n- not being this force of nature and, and, and so, I mean, you know, this research then becomes, um, how can I build agency about my agency? It's like having agency about my own agency to, to, to move, move closer to it. I think it's something not so much about reclaiming it as a way that it's not like it's gone. It's not like it's not there. I think it's been, co- it's just been covered up. We just found all these ways to cover it up and it's to navigate back to it. And, and, and that's when the, you know, the conscious asshole that I think Sonia you're talking about is I move, I move before, you know, the doubt can come in. And then, and then I'm, I'm, I'm closer to my agency. And, and that is so, so separate from reason, so separate from justification, from excuses, from a story world, from uh, reasonableness, from logical or rational. It is so far away from that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's thank you.
11: Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. I feel so much fear about taking on another project. That's already the, the doubt coming in. And I, I say yes to the invitation to hold
0: a work talk right. by the, the end of that
2: month.
0: <laughs> hey, yay. I want to share something I just learned about that, which is if you radically rely on the, the directions, like the impulse, for example, I'm writing on this book manuscript, totally focused. I'm on page two fifty three, and I'm just rip roaring. And then I get this instruction to come to. I saw that we saw that we're coming, or all coming to your work car. <laughs> um, the uh, the and you radically rely on on the instructions. And I'm what I got. The instructions were right now. You need to. Do a new outline for the possibilitymanagement.org website and give it to the programmer. And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of this book, man- you know, writing stuff. And so I radically rely on that particular impulse and use the same focus and energy and tension. Move it over here, roll out this design in a half hour, you know, click it away, you know, send it, and go immediately back with no delay into the book writing. And so, yes, there's a half hour of of lost book writing time, and this thing is just done. It's just done. And so the idea is that you've you're if you're relatic, radically relying on the navigation force, you know, the impulse impulses. Part of that is you go, okay, give me the time, energy, and attention to do this thing, and I will do it. You know, you know. It's not going into overwhelm. It's not the thing of how am I going to figure out how to get the time, energy, and attention to do this when I'm already using 105% of my time, energy, and attention to do all this other stuff. And then the thing is, there's this connection with reality in there, which is that, that you can trust reality to handle this for you because everything we're doing requires a certain amount of time energy and tension it's the physical reality of the thing and and there's 24 hours in a day this is the physical reality of the thing and if you radically rely on if you trust if you if you if you don't doubt the forces of navigation that are involved in your world then then you will then you will have the time, energy and attention to do the stuff that is that is the right, you know, the right, the most useful stuff. And some things will fall off. There will be the some things that you thought were important or that were thought were necessary, or thought they will just fall off. And if you and you gracefully let them fall off, radically blaming, you know, the for the sources of nature that because whatever it is that you stop doing or stop being that thing is part of your evolutionary path somehow. And that there are these forces at work in your life at you being a force of nature, this stuff will fall off. Okay. Let it fall off. And it's not, it isn't, you know, you can, if you have to do a thing, Like, like yesterday I was walking around outside peeing in the bushes and right at my feet was this feather. It's about, I don't know, 60 centimeters long, and it's from. It turns out from I've never seen a feather like this before in the wild. Okay, it's from a it's from a swamp harrier. I think I looked it up. I tried to Google it here in New Zealand. It's the largest uh, hawk type bird around, and it, it just it just there's this feather laying, Okay, why do I have this feather? So I don't know why. But I pick it up, I bring it home, I look it up, I spend 15 minutes Googling, whatever, and I end up encountering this force of nature. Okay, why is that? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. But something fell off. Well, this fell off the bird. But something fell off of my life because I used those 15 minutes to to find out what this thing is and what do I have it for and like that. So, So I don't know yet. But I, I'm radically relying on the impulse to pick the thing up and be amazed and research it and tell you guys about it. And it's like, okay, why is that? I don't know. Something's going to happen for somebody that, that it's important like that. There's these So there's but, this flow. Yeah. That's when this flow can happen. There's a flow moving through us that if we let it happen, will really support and nurture us. So, oh, I, go ahead.
11: Yeah, I just have this story to tell about this thing I learned about, uh, elephant seals yesterday because my mom took me to the beach to take a tour about elephant seals. And for those that don't know, they are these, um, like, like male elephant seals will become, uh, 2000 kilos in, in weight. And, and when they, um, birth the little baby elephant seals, the the moms feed them milk. That's 50% fat. So it's, it's basically like, like cheese goo that, that, fattens them up. And, and so when they're born, they're like maybe uh, 75 kilos and they, and they fatten up to, to about 150 kilos before the, and then the moms leave because the moms are starving. They haven't eaten this whole time. So, so as soon as their babies are fat enough, they just leave and swim in the ocean and they don't bother teaching the pups how to swim. And so the pups are all just lying there in these big math, these big piles of, of, Of of themselves on the beach and they have to actually start losing the fat because they have so much fat that they'll float in the water and so they have to wait until they're slowly starving and just dropping all of this weight off and then they just have to let themselves be washed into the ocean and then they have to find the honey the feeding grounds by themselves with no one to teach them and so they just it's this process of dropping it off and then and then going and, and 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 most of them don't make it, but but some of them figure out how to do it.
5: This is us the edge workers.
0: Yes. <laughs> Except most of you make it.
1: Dropping the fat.
11: <laughs> Thank you. We'll send a photo and telegram of all of them just this mass of really fat seals on, on the beach waiting wow. to be washed into the ocean
0: god it's so funny because yesterday and chloe and i went to go find seals and there was none there was not any not at all so you found them all
1: i want to hear what Solange was going to say
0: i do too mm-hmm.
1: okay i uh, i want to say this week uh, i was uh, i want to uh, i tried to found uh, a edge point and uh, I try and uh, I try and try the mental. up. And uh, I think yesterday uh, I I found that uh, to be in the group, that in the study
3: group, it's my edge point for now. Okay, because I don't understand everything,
1: but enough to uh, to have a, a meal for the week and uh, experiment uh, a lot of uh, experience, and uh, I like it and. Uh, just to, to speak, it's, uh, it's
2: another step for me to uh, express myself. And uh, I thank you very much.
0: Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being an edge worker. And and Solange, next time, you, next time you introduce yourself to somebody, say, hello, I'm Solange the edge worker. I am Solange the edge worker. And they will go, what's an edge worker? I and you're be. at the edge again.
2: <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> All
4: right, I'm, I'm gonna. I want to drop something in here. I have
7: a lot of fear because Harvey yeah, knows what's gonna happen. But um, I'm I'm having this experience of being in a relationship and where the two of us radically rely on our impulses, and it's landing us in pretty big swamp conflict process and yeah I'm just it's, it's really painful and I don't I don't know what to do about it and I, I noticed that a part of it is has to do with just or having our the origin points in different
3: contexts
5: and
7: um, yeah so I, I'm trying to somehow bring in the other side of this radically relying Thank and bringing this question that I don't even know what exactly the question is like how to navigate in
4: this territory
0: yeah thank you you know every moment you, we have impulses so we have impulses for where to put our attention for the tone of voice that we should use we have so many impulses at the same time from different dimensions. And we get to choose. So most of us arrange, you know, the standard human being arranges to use standard intelligence, standard human intelligence thoughtware, and to do the thing they've always done to do the thing everybody else is doing to be understandable, to be reasonable, and to fit in and like that. Okay, so that, but that this is not our this is this is not our potential our potential is to have all options available like every every option is an option and then choosing so you're at that kind of a place and every action and inaction every thought and blocking of a thought every word that's spoken in every word that's not spoken, every place you put your attention, every place you don't put your attention has a purpose. And when you're aware of your choice, you're aware of your purpose. And so the, the thing of, quote unquote, radically relying on our impulses is ignoring the fact of where are the impulses coming from. And so we have parts and we have, there's a fantastic website called Parts. And it's important to go in there and just start studying which of those parts you have. And there's something like 50 explained. Probably you have 48 of the 50 parts. You have all of those creatures living inside of you. And so each one of those creatures has an agenda. It has needs. It has desires. It has projections and expectations and assumptions and conclusions. And it has a strategy and it's trying to protect itself and it's trying to win or lose and it has so every single one of these parts that are inside of you have are offering one options to choose from and and you go well i'm just following my impulses okay which my which me are we talking about and so being in the position of making a choice then you become aware of that the creatures that you're you're manifesting by following impulses. And Chloe?
1: It's, it's really different, this proposal about not doubting the impulses. It is not about numbing ourselves to the feedback that we get. On the contrary, it is to get actually more and more sensitive to the feedback that is available. Instead of mushing it with a story, of uh of the doubt or mushing it with a story of trying to cover up the doubt this is just like covering you know adding layers of buffer onto our sensitive sensitivity and and so what what i think really happens is that when the doubting stops the feedback can actually be there like in the present in the moment and the what happens more than fear is actually grief. Is grief of, oh my God, I, you know, I, again, I, I let my, my primary relationship be a feeding ground for my gremlin. And it's not about beating ourselves up, you know, being, you know, was I right? Wasn't I right? It's like, okay, if the result is low drama, my gremlin was in there somewhere. It was in there. So, okay, what is that about and then and then you start you know then you get the feedback a lot closer, a lot closer to you and so
0: so yeah. if there's low drama, you did it if there's a conflict, you did it you know yeah. if there's a if there's a breakdown, you did it if there's a swamp, you did it and it's not you it's your gremlin i mean the more research we do about gremlin and we're doing a lot these days it's gremlin has his dirty little paws in everything everything and if you're not radically clear about each moment what the creation is gremlin will be it, be there and so that's all you're telling us right now is you you're letting your gremlin you know fuck over your relating that's all you're saying, okay. and it's not fair. It's not fair because you're a, you have the experience. She may not. She may not have the dis- experiential distinctions yet to n- not navigate around Gremlin. She does a gremlin thing. You just let you just roll your energetic body, and you don't even you don't even go there. You don't have to defend. You don't have to explain. You don't have to attack. That's all gremlin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You just keep generating you know, pristine space, you keep generating pristine space and and breathing there without letting even and it's not fair, like I said. So but but you are radically you are responsible because you can because you're aware. So this is the importance of the gremlin work is it's in everything. It's in every single option. And if you're if if gremlin is happening, you're doing it. You're letting you're doing it actually on purpose. So, you know, wake up about it, buddy. <laughs>
4: Jeff. I'm I'm interested on in doing a, a work talk about these uh these relationship negotiating and grappling in the relationship. And um, it, it's also my my research for the last months and 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 uh, and the, and. The, the, the sadness and anger of uh, of noticing how I created all these things, even when I really wanted. But the moment I said it, the, the speed I said it, what I just did before the agreement, what I might do after, I having a yes. It's um, and, and then numbing, and then creating this um, like guilt. Of probably it was grumbling because the grumbling was there somewhere. Then probably it was grumbling, And then I back off. And then I realized that I had like a hundred layers of resentment. And I was like, what am I doing in this relationship? My fear, I, I'm waking up with panic attacks almost at the night. By through gremlin about leave the relationship because it's it's just so high, the, the resentment. And and the being is like, I, I'm not able to do anything. Just So I, I'm interested on, on, on moving that way.
7: Yeah, thank you. I I really felt what you were saying. I feel feel myself in that place in this moment. Yeah, it's like I'm really at the edge of this.
2: Yeah. I
4: really the if I
1: can say something, you know, in being in that position, you know, it can, you know, the way you describe it, Jill, is like it's this. I mean, it's not even a mountain like this is not even himalaya It's not even an ocean to cross it, it seems like unsurmountable this and you know all the steps that you're describing and, and 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 at the same time it's like the hacking you know it's like you're you're in this bush and you have this machete and and, it, and you're hacking and you're hacking and you're hacking and it's like the bush seems to never end and and at the same time i had this conversation with this uh, person we're doing gremlin transformation and, and she had this insurmountable you know, this. I see my gremlin it's everywhere, it, it's like I make a move, it's there, I try to make the next move, it is there also God, and I try to go in this other direction, it is still fucking gremlin you know, well, like and even when
7: I don't make a move it's also gremlin,
1: when like, I don't make- not,
7: it's like, fuck
1: yes, and, and and then you know, somebody in the team said, okay, well what works? You know, you said everything that doesn't work, what works? And then she's starting this, you know, being, you know what? I don't know what's happening, but the each, each step that I take, like each discovery, each matrix that I build, each experiment that I do, it is changing me. I can make decisions that I couldn't make before. I can make moves that I couldn't make before. I can think about options that I couldn't think before. And, and just to, she, she started discovering, Oh my God, this is working even if it seems like the mess is still all around, I have more freedom of movement and more freedom of movement and more freedom of movement. And, and that's the, it's the machete work. And, and so it's, yeah. Building matrix. Yeah.
0: That's why we so much recommend reading the books and doing the experiments and the websites and just so much building, having your, your possibility team or your spark study group and just doing this builds matrix and it, the results come out sideways the results come from the matrix you can't always tell which matrix you're building and but but it it, it builds onto itself and it doesn't not take so long it just be needs consistent edge work which is exactly where we are in the book right now edge work experiments Ch- section 7c so i'm about to read from page whatever it is here page something uh, page two twenty-seven. Here it goes. We have already been considering edges. Let us now consider experiments. To experiment means to try something about which you cannot with certainty predict the outcome. All right. What do you feel then? Fear. What, what do you What do you feel? Doubt. Right. And so we're going to skip the doubt part. All right, you're going to do experiments even though you do not know what the outcome will be. Experimenting is making actions or non-actions on purpose. And the purpose is building matrix. The purpose is to be an experimenter. The purpose is to research and do experiments. As the experimenter, you apply your conscious intention to serve a conscious purpose. For example you could apply your conscious intention to read no further beyond the following list of edge work experiments until you have actually done 15 of the listed experiments edge work experiments your edge work experiments yourself okay so you don't read any further until you have done the edge work experiments yourself your conscious purpose is to avoid a common tendency to s- sit there and marvel at cool ideas in your mind, rather than actually integrating them into your life. Anybody ever done that before? Sit back and just be amazed and go, ah, cool idea, and do nothing different. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. It's Not an experimenter, that's a marveler. Then you can read Marvel comics and watch Marvel movies and see how marvelous they are and marvel your way through the life as a consumer of marvelizing. And then that's what you all get to be as a consumer rather than an experimenter. This is a different path. So, so that would be so, so to do Edgeworks experiments, actually doing the experiments is an edge work experiment, to actually do the experiments rather than marveling. So catch yourself marveling and then just do the experiment instead. Use the energy you invest in marveling to actually do experiments. Since the exact structure and outcome of such an experiment is not already known, the environment of an experiment is alive and flowing with options because it's unknown. If it's known, it's dead. Then you're in zombie land. Experiments automatically enter this domain of the unknown. This experiment will live through your committed participation as the experimenter, which is an identity shift. I am an experimenter. And then the experiment comes alive because you are no longer yourself. You're no longer the known person, you are an experimenter. From start to finish, you will make subtle and instant choices as to the direction and mood of your experiment. You will do this with the tone of your voice, where you place your attention, the timing and intention vector of your moves and gestures, and so on. If you decide, to set a romantic mood, for example. You might take your partner to a more elegant restaurant rather than just to a fast food drive-in. If the experiment involves increasing intimacy with your partner and you already know that there are some fears about this for you, you might take an acting workshop or a therapeutic coaching session to shift your ability to experience and express fear before you begin your intimacy experiment. Then your explorations and sharing will have a greater range of movement. The experiment would not be happening except for you doing the experiment because you're an experimenter. Experimenting makes you inarguably responsible for the existence of the experiment. I just want to say that one again. Experimenting makes you inarguably responsible for the existence of the experiment, and which puts you at risk. The risk is authentic and serious, earnest, because your actions have consequences. As an experimenter, your actions have consequences. For example, your partner could take offense, he could be offended at the unexpected doors to new experience that you open up during one of your experiments. People could get offended. Since the culture does not teach you to be an experimenter, the culture does not protect you from the consequences of your experimental actions, means you are at risk. The actions you take will be yours alone, and you are the epicenter of the experiment. So all repercussions, positive or negative, beneficial or detrimental, all the repercussions bounce back to you without a buffer zone. You are the cause. You will be at the effect of your experiments. And Chloe, are we going to say something?
1: I'll that's a no. That's a no. That's a no. Okay. There's a there's just a, a buffer when you're speaking, it goes for the microphone, sorry. I...
0: Okay. So you get that? You are at risk. And it's this is where the crack is. This is the aliveness comes through for being at risk. That's what this is about. Doing edge work experiments involves an extreme level of risk from the box's point of view. You know, the box has its own point of view. And to do any edge work experiment freaks your box out. The box's perceptions of risk automatically keeps most people from experimenting. So so that means when you're an experimenter, most people around you are not. So this makes you weird automatically when you have this parallel perception, this meta conversation going on, that you are an experimenter, you're doing an experiment. Most people are sleeping. Most people will just be offended. Most people will be afraid of you being something that they don't already know what you are. And yet, so what? I mean, you get to choose about this. So the box is freaking out. The box's perceptions of risk automatically keeps most people from experimenting. Deciding to experiment, even in situations beyond the limits of cultural awareness, makes you the source of the experiment rather than the culture being the source of sleepiness, of the opposite of experimenting. So the culture will source zombieism you are sourcing experiments, which is through the crack, aliveness is happening. There is no more hiding for you behind the traditions and standards of that sleeping culture, which itself may subtly or overtly be telling you to leave things alone. Don't do anything different. The culture is telling you this. Be the same. You know, be predictable, be, because we have police, we have laws that you have to earn enough money to live. You know, so there's all these forces around, you know, your mother might get offended. So there's all these forces around that are telling you to not be an experimenter. And yet it's too late. You're already an experimenter and you can just let those things slide by. When experimenting, you go to the limits of the reaches of your box's perceptions and your box's agency. But you are external to the reaches of your culture's box. So you're not only at the reaches of your own box, but also the culture's box. In other words, your mother never did these experiments, parentheses, or did she? It is an interesting experiment in itself to spend time making it safe enough for your mother to tell stories about some of the private experiments she has done in her life so far. After all, you gained the confidence or you gained the possibility to experiment beyond the culture from somewhere. You get this? It's a fascinating experiment. Go talk to your mom. to you do it right here in this space. Okay. She's sitting right here. And ask her, what experiments did you do that stretched the box? Perhaps it was from your own mother that you got the possibility to be an experimenter. This is a worthwhile conversation to have. But notice, remember what it says. You have to be, make it safe enough for her to reveal to you who she really is behind the mask, you know, behind the good mom mask. Being involved with originating an experiment means that you are creating in the pure form. Let's say that again. Being involved with originating an experiment means you are creating in pure form. You're creating as the source of the creating. You're creating as the source of creating because around you, everybody is just surviving. People are in survival. They're not creating. They're surviving. So like this thing, it's like the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. The opposite of scarcity is creating. So when you are creating, you are the source of the creating. And everything around you is a source of surviving. It's a very different context and purpose. By placing yourself in the driver's seat of an experiment, you are solely responsible for the outcome, for where the experiment goes. Creators who take this level of responsibility often report that creating feels like being in extraordinary human love. Creating is like being in love. So, and this is, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about the beginnings of extraordinary relating. And it starts with being an experimenter who's experimenting and then love is happening. So if you're ever in a place where love is not happening, it means you're not creating experiments. That's, That's the feedback. You're not creating experiments. You're looking around and love's not happening. You are not creating experiments. You're, ah, okay. And then shift go. The tactile presence of love establishes the connection between creating and extraordinary relating. Relating is ongoing. I'll just say this one slowly. Relating is ongoing nonlinear creation extraordinary relating is ongoing nonlinear creation which is experimenting so relating is experimenting extraordinary relating is experimenting and so if you're not if you're feeling like it's ordinary you're not experimenting that's this is incredible information it's incredible clarity and you can see why we had to go through the whole 200 pages before this. You know, we're almost at meeting 100. We've been doing, we have two years of going through the ordinary world to get to an understanding of the traps. You know, what what is it? So you have to learn to feel, you have to learn to be aware of the traps in order to experiment, because everything else is, everything is, is designed to prevent us from experimenting and yet extraordinary relating is experimenting. And so when you start being an experimenter, you are sourcing an entirely different culture. And this is, what a great way to spend your day. I mean, what a, what a, an amazing Like, job assignment. What an amazing, like, adventure story. is lays at your feet in each moment of the day. Are you experimenting? How can you tell? Well, if it's ordinary, you're not experimenting. That's it. You can even experiment standing in line at the post office. You turn around to the person behind you and go, hello, my name's whatever your name is. I'm an experimenter and I have to do an experiment right now. Can you do this with your mouth? Okay, I have a job. My job is to teach you how to do this before we get to the front of the line. Are you ready? This is the experiment. Just do that, okay. Anyway, so et cetera, you can experiment everywhere. All right. So you choose a partner with whom to do experiments and you learn to do experiments together. Then, relationship relating is no longer a static thing, but a continuous dance of discovery and adventure. Relationship is no longer a static thing. It's a continuous dance of discovery and adventure, not a fantasy, but a never-ending series of multidimensional experiments investigating the nature of love and what is possible as a human being. Edgework experiments bring extraordinary human relating to life. QED. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but, but I, I think we have to stop there. So, anything about that to wrap up this amazing space today?
8: i have a a request uh I have a commitment to Janelle from yesterday i I want to ask um because that was exactly what I was saying yesterday that right now I'm back in Greece and I'm trapped in this box culture and and i am it's it's um yes yeah, like super hard for me to go out of this quick fucking box that is like super anyway and i want uh, i want um i want the team to have me um uh pass through the h p and some listening spaces because um uh, i'm here three months and i um i um like, I'm back. It was my biggest fear. And now I, have, I haven't I have really make it. Dimitri, making any,
3: Dimitri, yes. No more explanation Dimitri? needed. Okay. No more explanation, or your request gets lost.
8: Daxi, thank you. So that's my request. So, does anyone uh, uh, want to be in my team for the next uh, one month or something?
0: I see Dor okay. and Janet and Lee Muir mm. and Arlen. Wow. What a team! You got that? You're Thank gonna you. write them down. Door, yes, Janet, Limur, Ireland. Ireland, Ireland. Yeah.
1: You have every Thank every you. day of the every time of the day. You could call people at three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Somebody will be awake. All right. <laughs>
0: you guys, you have to learn words like spanakopita, and <laughs> dolmades, things like that. You have to learn those words. <laughs> Okay. Anything from any? Thank you, Dimitra. Anything from anybody else before we yes. head out?
4: Go. I, I. want to. Who wants to to be in my team, but that, that wants to clean resentments with a partner? I, I want to do that for like a month, and I'm also having a team that everybody is doing that. Sorry, and at least I want to do it. Who wants to be in my team?
0: Yeah. Nicole Hartley Bradford is there? Michael is there? Jeff. Dawe, Sonia, are you writing this down? Yeah. There's Nicole, Sonia, I'm going to take Dawe, a print screen. What?
4: I'm, I'm going to take and a print screen. Nicole, Michael, Dawe. Yeah,
0: Michael, Angela, Jeff.
3: And I have a work talk I'm doing on that, how we create and transform resentments. I will offer it after the lab. That's exactly uh, on my
0: Great. Talk. Thank you. All right, you superhero experimenters, <laughs> head out into the world and in the extraordinary world that you're building at your feet. And we'll see you next week. Right, ten no, days no, from now. No, 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 ten days. No,
1: in like, no, in no. like two weeks, like Saturday, <laughs> weeks. beginning of April. Then, so <laughs> <I mean, bad. laughs>
0: then we'll see you then.
1: Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
4: Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you. Ciao. Nice trip. Bye. Bye.